Guru Nation, welcome to episode 784 of Random Musings with the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, I interviewed Darshan Kulkarni. Uh, it's a series he has with me called Fraud Pod. Darshan is a clinical research attorney. If there is such a thing, it's probably, he would tell you there's no such thing, but he's an attorney that specializes kind of in um, clinical research, pharmaceutical life sciences. He's also a pharmacist, so he's like, He's basically a double threat, triple threat now that he's a podcaster. Um, always good conversations with him. We get into the slippery slope that sites need to avoid. Focusing on, my takeaway from this was really focus on your quality assurance at your site. Everyone go connect with Darshan. His LinkedIn is underneath this video. Quick shout out to our sponsors, Inato. Inato is a way to get studies for free for your site. If you have therapeutic area expertise, check it out. I'm on that website multiple times a week. Absolutely free. You'll never pay anything. I have a consulting company where we help sites of all various experience levels get studies as well it's a monthly subscription fee but we do help with budgets contracts sops we work with research naive sites as well so and is a great complement to have to your biz dev endeavors also shout out to creo creo's amazing software uh on the cloud no downloads needed it's e-source e-reg ctms invoicing, auto-texting, e-consent. You get a phone line if you want. Everything that you use, you pay for. So if you don't use everything on a study, you don't pay for it. I can't imagine life without Creo. It's made my life easier as a site director. And we get into it a little bit in this episode as well with Darshan. Hope you enjoy. Live, 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 live. No music needed for this one. This is straight up like... Right off the bat, Darshan, what's going on? How's business? What's new in the fraud world? I'll tell you what's new in the fraud world. What's okay. new right now is everyone's trying to buy everyone else. Are you seeing this or is it just me? Where I'm oh. getting a lot of reach, reach outs from, from sites who are being bought or being approached by private equity, mm -hmm. by um, sort of venture capitalists yes. who are going, we want to buy. Yeah. Um, what do you think is happening? Why are people, why is now that, that time? Consolidation. I think all that money on the sidelines and inflation, like, and the interest rates being high caused uh, a shift in let's, let's do less risky investments. And what's more of a bread and butter tried and true are the research sites. And by the way, all this new tech anyways, all this new tech, like the new trend is site centricity. So if you can own those sites and you can use them as your sandbox, there's a lot of like ancillary value that I believe come from these sites. Plus the VCs or whomever, they want to flip them to a PE, right? And then the mm -hmm. PE will have like a portfolio of sites. Right. So I think it's multifactorial uh, to sound uh, smart. <laughs> smart <word. laughs> but uh, I really think it's the high interest rates, like all these high tech, high risk. The appetite kind of went away for that. That was nice in a low rate market. Now it's like, let's invest in sites that are actually profitable. Like what a concept. Go go invest, a, go buy something that's profitable. And that's that's what we're seeing. And the CROs are also doing it. Ikevia, did you hear 
few months back. They bought three hundred million, I think. They bought like a site really? network out of Arizona. Three hundred million. I so I don't know if I told you about this, but probably about twenty twenty one. Department of Justice came out and said that we are man we missed you man i've been missing you on these conferences at these live streams nice to see you back um i gotta talk to dan at some point because i talk about diversity as well so i hear dan is the guy to know around that that's huge (laughs) Um, huge. but we'll talk about that uh, hopefully at some point in this conversation anyways but um i was actually gonna say that around um the the MA space and around the uh clinical research space, DOJ came out and said that they are targeting clinical research. And in the last, eh, I want to say two when years, three years, they've been going after clinical research sites. I don't know if you've seen like that uptick, because I have been. They've been going after owners, they've been going after pharmacy techs, they've been going after um physicians. Um, the DOJ directly, like without DOJ. the FDA? DOJ. DOJ. So they have just random, just like the FDA can randomly audit, the DOJ can randomly audit? No, 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 not quite. So the FDA will go in, they'll okay. find things, and then they'll kind of go, this is really bad. Ah, so fraud. So keeping it consistent with the fraud pod theme, I, I like it. So going back to the fraud pod thing, uh, here's one that apparently no one knew about. Uh, I'm going to try to give a link. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Can you put it? You can put I'm going it. to in a second. I'm trying to. Yeah. Here. But I didn't know. I mean, FDA audits are nothing. Yeah, new. I'm going to share. Uh, okay. Present. Uh, share screen. So you're asking, basically, as you're sharing, what do you think? How do you think this ends? This is the new well, SMO. Can you see it? Yeah. Richland business owner sentenced to more than 28 years in federal prison for falsifying human clinical research trials. Wow. What did this person do? <laughs> this guy was interesting. This oh, guy. This is Sam, Sami Anwar. Sami Anwar. This is the dude who was addicted to pain meds. He wasn't and- addicted. He was uh, holding on to them to avoid a discrepancy. In your numbers right but some of the stories i read because i actually did a full thing on this guy he was actually using two. Oh, i didn't know he was using good for you yeah. good for you yeah. for finding that out mm-hmm. so so that's been going on but he's not the only one so here's but this dude just making up like patients out of thin air and the staff is in on it and he's like pressuring them to do it to you yeah he was a, that guy there, but he was a linkedin connection man he believed this was he really I just accept anyone who wants to. And then people were like, hey, you're connected to this guy. Did you? Are you aware of this? Shame on you. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? And then I had to go research it. I'm like, I guess I am connected to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he never messaged me, though. Thank you, Dan, for adding the not legal or medical advice. Thank yes, you for adding not that. Not legal or medical advice, but it will scare you shitless, perhaps. Um, it scary. And I, this is just, I just pulled out two while we're sitting here, but I can add more if people are interested. See, Patty uh, says correct. Dude was high on his own supply. <laughs> it became a vicious cycle. Like he started out, you know, doing it probably to get the money. And then he, they got like these pain studies 
And then he probably, you know, hey, instead of throwing these away, let me try one. I'm having a, like a crazy day. And before you know it, he's doing it for himself too. And it, but it, the funny thing is, it's not just, I, I didn't even know about this one until right now. You love the fraudulent stuff. I mean, it's stuff I get pulled into. This is like watching a car wreck on the freeway. <laughs> Florida but, Research Hospital agrees to pay more than $19.5 million to resolve liability relating to self-disclosure of improper billing for clinical trial costs. So they're double dipping. Yeah. yeah. Which which is a huge issue. But that's the OJ stuff right there. Yeah, of course. That's the OJ stuff. But here, you've got Office of Research Integrity. This goes into grants. And falsification of data, fabrication of data, plagiarization. plagiarization. So I read an article. I wish I had it. This is why I wish I was prepared for this. Uh, on this topic about academia and uh -huh. the amount, like maybe you're the one who sent this to me. The amount of fraud in academia is like super Oh, high. my God. Here, uh, I'll pull up some you more. Have, just... You know this article, right, that I'm talking about? Uh, I've read so many articles, I don't even know. Okay. Here's one. But like the system incentivizes that because no one's paying attention to these people's grants. The investors or the future grants depend on the outcomes of yeah. your current grants. So there's pressure and it's usually one person in like an office doing the whole thing. It the It's not just one university, it's not just small sites, it's all over. And what we're seeing is the problem continues. Um I mean this this is pro the the Sammy Anwar case is probably the worst one. Oh yeah, but, dude. I mean, I don't. I think that's a once in a generation uh, <laughs> event. But, but here's the funny thing: like people, um, he'll get out and want to do a DCT startup. <laughs> I'm not touching that. I'm I so will. not touching that. Um, I, I, here's the thing: I think I think DCTs have a role. I think COVID demonstrated that DCTs have a role. I think the. I, I think the issue is what is that role? And I think DCTs that are successful are just called clinical trials. And I think I was I was talking to someone, um, not that, I want to say like in, in the last week, who said that DCTs recently had like a coming to Jesus moment. I missed that coming to Jesus moment because I'm still seeing a lot of um, yeah. like buzz around it. DCT I think they're just tools. But that's exactly it. I think when you start when you stop calling them DCTs and you go here's clinical research here's how you do it in a sure. way that's patient centric, but the problem and site centric site centric patient centric that's like the new theme. Uh, well, patient centricity has always been the theme. At least it should be. The thing with DCT is like no one's arguing it consents better. Uh, right. It's awesome to reach underserved communities with telehealth. Like of course, right. The problem is when the money people come in, they say, well, how can we make this proprietary because at the end of the day, it's just an iPad and uh, like, how are you, what's so special about that? So they complicate it on purpose in order to stand out when you don't need that. And then they sell, they convince some pharma that it's the next best thing and you can't do it with anything else. All technology is, is a deflationary force. So it's a race to the bottom. That's all. I, I love do. Patty's comment, not justifying anything un unethical. You want to add that on? Yeah. Sorry, the shrine's going away real quick. <laughs> Not justifying anything unethical ever. I want to remind folks that when ethics is entangled with someone's real life, 
someone can feel that pressure and respond in an uncharacteristically OMG way. So I would actually add to that. So the funny thing is, um, I've actually had to defend a lot of some of these uh, clients. I don't even have to go to Theranos, for example. Um, I've actually had clients who were accused of research fraud. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, in many cases, it's not research fraud. In many cases, it's being able to defend it. And they saw everyone around them do it, but they're the ones who got picked. So the issue is often a slippery slope. This is okay. What about this? This is okay. What about this? This is okay. What about this? And then someone goes in, that's not okay. And, and those, <laughs> yeah. those individual pieces is what got people into trouble. Yeah. Um, I think that's one element. I think uh, going to this point, uh, ORI actually came out, and, and uh, Patty makes a mention of it a few seconds ago, but ORI actually talks about, uh, for those people who don't know, ORI is Office of Re- uh, Research Integrity. Um, ORI actually talks about uh, un- redoing the entire research appeal process for, uh, for uh, clinical trial sites. Hmm. And what is that going to look like? Because they're going to actually, they're asking for a lot more transparency. So if you are a large hospital, if you are getting PHS funding, you need to be really, really careful about this because it's going, going to change how you engage in any kind of federally funded research. So that's going to be kind of FFP is definitely different than sloppy and not knowing. FFP would be... I don't actually know fraud. what FFP is. Something fraud. It could be. I don't know. It's got to be what fraud. Is- Maybe fraud pod. <laughs> What's FFP, Patty? I love Patty. You come on. All the live streams, you produce so much like good content for us. Thank you so much for that, Patty. Um, but I, I, there's so going back to the point we were making, I think sites, SMOs need to be aware about what's going on. They need to update their processes. They need to actually, DOJ is actually looking into this. They actually put out a, um, a guidance on how do you do, uh, cl- how do you have a compliance program that is consistent with their policies? And that came out in, in March of 2023. Um, and there was a voluntary self-disclosure guidance. There was a uh, employment uh, guidance. And the reason I'm mentioning all of this is if you're in the SMO world where you're trying to buy an SMO or buy a site, this stuff will come out. Yeah. And if it's going to come out, you want to know what you're putting out because you expose you're going to have to expose everything so that someone can buy you and when that comes out well well, the the smos became a bad word in the Mm -hmm. late 90s early 2000s yeah this reminds me of that like all this uh, and they're calling it other thing they're calling it site networks now right another word of describing the same thing it's the same thing basically it's just on an even bigger scale now I, th- I think it's different versions like i was just talking to someone literally 15 minutes ago before i jumped onto uh, our call today there was that original version which is we're going to save everyone money it's going to be more efficient and it turned out not to be more efficient then there was another version where we'll just sort of do the marketing function then there was one version that was um um we we will only um we will also give you data and then there's the one, I think that this is the one that's going on right now, which is we will own all the sites. And they all have their own pluses and minuses and goods and the bads. Mm-hmm. But you've got to be careful because doing it, you, you will, as part of a purchase and sale process, have to um, demonstrate and show what you have. Oh, 
Fabrication, falsification, plagiarism. There you go. And Patty says, look at MDACC. Yeah, yep, there, there's that one as well. I don't know what, what this one is, but they made up a bunch of patients. PI was not named. I asked why not as he had oversight of the CRC and they didn't do it. So why would the CRC, I guess they really were being paid I on the rent or, uh, I don't know what's the case in that one. Like usually the CRC. Does they actually, there were a couple of cases where they went after the CRC, I believe. Usually so, the CRC does what they're told. So I'm wondering if that site pays the CRC based on enrollment. <sighs> Um, to other stuff, you know, like legal employment issues that Darshan will yeah. be called in for. Hey, lawyer's job is never finished, man. It's not just that it's never finished. You're <laughs> called in at like the worst time. Everything's gone wrong. I, we could have fixed this early, which is why, again, I try to work with sites to actually stop them from having these problems before they, they become a big issue. And yeah. hopefully it's up enough there where in the end, they, they can sell the company for a very tidy profit. But the funny part is what a lot of people forget is that when you sell your site, you're often going to have to keep working there. Yeah. So if, if, well, not, not just a contingency. You, in the end, unless you're talking about a massive site, it's you and maybe two investigators and maybe like three or four personnel, but you're a major component mm -hmm. of that group. So mm -hmm. if that's true, do you you're selling because you don't want to be associated with the problems you have, and you're like, I just want to move away from it. Um, so I've gone through this process a few times with a small site, and yeah. I learned a few things. And I'm getting offers right now for Yuma clinical trials. Hit me up, guys, if you're interested. But <laughs> I'm still growing it. So we have five PIs, we have five <laughs> coordinators, we have a couple sub eyes. The what I learned the first time around, 2010, 2012 is you get a higher multiple if you have built a system that does not depend on you. So I learned that relatively early. So I'm at the point now in my Yuma clinical trials where I'm, I think I'm only on DOA log for like two studies and going forward, I might not even be on the DOA log for any of them. Um, my role is to, I don't even do the QA anymore. We have people do that. My role is really getting the studies, matching them up with the doctors, helping the recruitment initiatives. Like I'm not fully replaced, but right. the point is I, I building my site with this in mind already right. that a buyer, when they come in, you know, I mean, if it's dependent on you, it's a lower multiple than, than the alternative of it not being dependent on you and on systems instead. So, but you're right, Darshan, most people, when they sell, they don't think about these things and, and the, the idea would be if you want to stay, you may have to stay on. And if you're going to stay on, you're going to be in the same muck that you sold. Mm -hmm. And now someone's looking at you going, I can't believe you have this muck. You'd rather clean this up and then work with a clean slate with fresh investment in a way that you're happy to be there. Yeah, you definitely don't want to buy a liability. And, exactly. you know, going through this due diligence process, like I've been talking to a few already. Yeah, uh, we're probably two, two years out maybe from if we do, if we sell, we're still not guaranteed, but they don't ask about what's your QA, like the quality assurance. They just ask financials and that's it. Like, well, depends on how sophisticated the buyer is yeah. and depends on how much of the due diligence you've done. Yeah. Like I've done the due diligence for a lot of these places. So what do you think? So again, you're, 
it depends on how deep the who's doing the audit. Yeah. Is it under attorney-client privilege? Um, who are you sending in? Do they know what they're looking for? What are the what are the risks they're seeing? How do they see this fit in? For example, this entire thing may be a a play for data, in which case most of it doesn't matter. All you really want to know is do the sites control the data? Do they actually own the data? If it doesn't, I don't. I'm not interested in this in the buy uh, sale anymore. That's On the true. other hand, if it is a private equity thing and they're trying to go, you know what? We want to buy these sites because we're buying a doctor's office. This just comes with it. It's an add-on. I've been part of those transactions. Mm-hmm. And in those situations, what you're really looking at is um, this is a minor piece of a much bigger pie. So the 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 data, the numbers are what I care about. Um, and, and then it might be a, a different version, which is, I want to know if you're a really good site because I'm building a site network and I want to be in the research space. Mm-hmm. In which case, again, um, I want to look at what kind of 483s you got, um, what kind of warning, warning letters you have. Um, do you have ORI issues? Do you have DOJ issues? Do you have FDA issues? What kind of oversight do you have? Do you have the quality function you were talking about? Again, different things for different goals. And right. you want to have those conversations. Some some companies will say, I only invest in sites that are one to two million dollars because right. I want to buy five of those. Mm-hmm. Um, some will say, I want to buy 50 sites that are 10 million and above. And this is a 200 million dollar deal because I'm buying in bulk. You're talking gross when you yeah. say those numbers? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, revenue. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, or you're talking about multiples, depending on what you're talking about. So it could be a variety of things but that's been it's been a really interesting area and, and sort of a dipped a little bit but 2024 you're seeing that uh, rise back up again yeah so that should be interesting um is anyone else sort of in that space have, have has anyone kind of been dealing so, with it? a stellar a stellar cra says these sites have so many red flags but don't seem to want to try and fix the concerns brought to their attention. All right, Darshan, I was going to ask you about this, and then we'll get to Daniel right now. Oh, well, let's yeah, get to he's Daniel. got a good comment there. Yeah, we can, let's get to Daniel's first. Here's what folks who are buying investing do not want to hear. Sites need money investment to crystallize. Right. Exactly right. Streamline exactly. and secure strong regulatory. Yeah, you should have, if you're going to sell, you should have this already. That's part of the business. Yeah. Secure strong regulatory and operational compliance and prep for scale, which leads to a well-oiled machine. Yeah. You, <laughs> they don't Here, want to hear that. They want to see this already in place. But the funny part is, depending on who's buying and how sophisticated the buyer and the seller are, yeah. and I, I see this all the time, where the sellers don't know who they're selling to, so they think that they're unsophisticated, and they think that they can like sort of play... Um, sort of hide things and then you'll see it on the buyer side where they're like we're too sophisticated we only care about multiples and you're like no you really should be caring about a lot more than that um what what's a deal a lot more like when you when they call you in what what are you looking at well i'll give you a simple thing like when was the last audit you did when was the last self-audit you did what did, what does your quality improvement process look like um do you have a compliance program what are you considering the compliance program is it is it consistent with HHS's seven elements of a compliance program? Do you even have one of those? Probably not. I'd, I'd be surprised if the, the average small site has that. Not the last part, but we have QA people rotate on studies and they send the monitoring. How often do they go in? Uh, it's 
every week they send a monitoring report to the lead series. Okay. And, so and, and what happens if they find something? We fix it. And how often do they find something? Every time. Good. That's a good sign. And that's like, the funny they're part. Minor. They're like, this is Maybe. missing. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. But the idea is, if you aren't finding something, is your, is your quality check a good check? Right, 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 right. And and that's what people miss. People think that you want to have like clear quality reports, and that's not. But this that's... last thing you brought up about HHS, no, what what the heck is this, man? We don't do that. We <laughs> so need here, this. Uh, this is standard in. Um, standard. This is super standard. We don't do it. Um, so first of all, I'm gonna uh, hold on. Let's. But we. This is what QA HHS program. did. I think the QA program is super important for sites like. It was supposed to be me, and then I knew I couldn't do it. So we have our usually our best CRA Academy graduates do that. And then they'll send re weekly reports to the lead, and then we discuss as a team how to fix it and all that. So this is what I was talking about. Co General Compliance Program Guide. Wow. It looks riveting reading. What? <laughs> <laughs> What what's like? What do we get out of this? Because you, you want to have seven that. elements uh, in there, and I'm trying to like, do the laws you need to follow. This is why I like having Darshan. I learn something new. I get scared every time I talk to you, and then I learn something new every time. Also, so it's hopefully, it adds some value. Balance. Yeah, it adds the balance. Like scared shitless, and then but also like enough like hope that everything's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay, Dan. We can always work and fix things. Here are the seven elements we were talking about. <laughs> Written policies and procedures, compliance leadership, okay, training. Well, number one, everyone's got this. SOP. I mean, right? You need to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Compliance, leadership, and oversight. So is the person, for example, and I've seen this, where they will make um, the, the HR person compliance leader, and you're going, how are they qualified? Oh, because we decided. That's not good enough. How are they trained? Mm. You need a training, like an audit trail of training. You want all of that as well, for sure. A lot of these tools have built-in training now, which is really cool, like Creo. They have their mm -hmm. Creo Academy. So anyone right. that we put on like as QA, like I've been telling you, these are our CRA Academy graduates, but I get mm -hmm. the best ones from Casey. So they already have their CRA Academy certificate. Then I ask Casey, hey, who do you recommend? Like, give me two or three for mm -hmm. this order. They give them. Then we put them in. Like, these vendors have their own trainings now, too. Like, mm -hmm. Rio, they have their own. So you get a little bit of this. Um, you think, have elements of all of this. It's it's yeah. connecting all these different moving parts yeah. and putting them together. It's the HHS OIG portion that I'm referring to here. Again, super standard. Um, all right, keep going. What's the training education number three, number four? Effective lines of communication with the compliance officer. Okay. So, do, for example, do you have like a tip line that there are fraud issues? Like Sami Anwar, how would you have caught it if there was some way to complain about him? Um, another one is regular employee meetings. Does that count or no? No, probably not because um, they people need to be able to feel like they can reach out to someone in confidence. Anonymously, okay. Anonymously, exactly. So you can email me sending everyone an email. Hey, you can email me or call me with any concerns like that's covered. That might be it, but are you qualified to be a compliance person? 
well, if I'm not, then who is at our side? I mean, well, that's the question, and yeah. that's that's the question that you start getting into. And again, this Are might you be saying we should outsource this, like to like a third party. I I do this for sites from time to time. I see. Um, they need someone that they know that the information will be held in confidence. Um, uh, so they would want like protection from me, and right theory. sometimes. Like, Possibly, if I'm yeah. the one doing the fraud, my coordinator is not going to come to me and say, hey, you know, right. they'd rather go someone neutral. Right. Correct. I see. We don't have that in, in that case. Yeah. Enforcing standards, consequences, and incentives. Enforcing and... standards, consequences, and incentives. We do quarterly employee reviews one-on-one -on -one that are documented. We're what happens if someone's bad? It's written on the review and like improvement um, suggestions, and we'll meet That's next good. quarter to reassess. Do you have a PIP? You What's might put them on a PIP, uh, performance performance improvement plan. No. So you might put them on that depending on what you have. Sometimes they may need to, need to be fired. Yeah, we haven't had that yet, though. But that's the point. The idea needs to show that you're considering all these options. That you're, you're talking about these things. Plan. Performance improvement plan. Every fraud pot, I get something new. <laughs> First, I get scared shitless, and then I get this is. Uh, hopefully, you guys take the same journey with me when we have Darshan on. Scared shitless, <laughs> You're very kind, but <laughs> but then there's hope, and there there's things you can do. Like I think most of the sites watching don't have pip. I'd say most sites don't have these seven elements. I'd say eighty five percent of sites. You'll have about fifteen percent that do. Just to be clear. Uh, but they're larger sites. So you're saying eighty-five percent of the sites don't have one. They're missing something. One or more of yeah. these seven. Correct. That makes sense. Yeah. Risk assessment. At least it's eighty-five percent. I deal with now. It might be. Yeah. Hundred percent. Everyone else does, but yeah. I think we have elements of all of them, but right. uh, not the, not to your satisfaction. So we probably need to fix that too. Yeah, we can always talk. Number five: enforcing standards. Yeah. And this this means things like you know what um, they aren't someone didn't know so how do you tell them look we we're gonna have a, a monthly check in and you need to understand the importance of this we're gonna record that we had this conversation if this happens again we might have to let you go or we're gonna do one more training if it's not taking we tried twice you're, you're done so is that like a write up like writing yeah a, a write up is part of that absolutely. I try to so you not could, do write-ups, but we do do the quarterly reviews, and we don't have the PIP, so I think I need to implement that. Yeah. And then the incentives. What do you mean by incentives? Like, so your raise, sure. your raise is associated with your performance type of thing. With, your, with quality and compliance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. So here, this actually comes not. Trying to get. Oh, there we go. We'll, we'll come back to six and seven because I want to get into this. This is like <laughs> something new to me that's i think really interesting um so you're trying to connect this for example with this so do they have a well-designed com uh, compliance program is it applied earnestly on good faith is it adequately resourced and empowered that does it actually work in practice this is from the uh, department of justice compliance in the program. criminal division of the department of justice uh-oh um, the Hall of Fame of that is Samir Anwar. <laughs> Anwar. <laughs> uh, interesting. Okay, I mean, 
if you get here's the reality of this though, Darshan. Yeah. If your site like let's say your site gets a warning letter, I mm-hmm. don't think you are a purchasable asset anymore, in my opinion. I disagree with that statement. Yeah? Yeah, hundred percent. I hundred percent. I think you're very purchasable. You need to demonstrate how you fix things. So you then go back to here's how we fix this. The FDA was happy. You know what's better than um, having a compliance program no one's commented on? A compliance program where the FDA says we're satisfied. But how do you get like, okay, let's say you get a warning letter, which yeah. is a bad thing. Right. Everyone would agree. Then they close it out. Well, but what? like, okay, okay. So hold on. They send you a warning letter. They give you like action items or something. To so do the FDA or... will never give you action items. So what are, FDA what, says, how do you... How do you so they'll say, here are the problems. Yeah. And I like to say the FDA will give you enough rope to hang yourself. So you decide what the appropriate response is. You propose it. If FDA agrees with you, great. If not, they'll tell you that's not good enough. But they aren't going to tell you what to do. So that's when sites usually hire you then. <laughs> I'll get called in at those times as well. Is that your favorite? <laughs> I, all of this is my favorite. I love doing this. My point is, by the time it gets to criminal division of DOJ, you're done. I I've dealt with people in that space as well. Um, I mean, there's the last thing they're thinking about is their site at that point. The site is the least of your problems if you're dealing with criminal yeah, division. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's not I the mean, least of your problems. It's an issue for sure. But yeah, yeah, it's this is. Um, but what were you saying about this though? Like, what? Uh, so my point is, you. You have to keep all this in mind and then connect it to this and connect it to the FDA. Okay. Can we finish? Let's finish six and seven, then go to that lessons learned thing because that's interesting too. Six is risk assessment, auditing, and monitoring. So that's kind of, in my example, our QA people. Yeah. Monitoring. But again, you're thinking more from just an FDA perspective. How does this, for example, tie to reimbursement? Now, remember this part. Oh, no, this one, this one. This wouldn't show up in your FDA audits. Right. But so we're not a hospital or anything. I mean, we don't deal with Medicare at our site. So that's the thing. Your site may not. Yeah. But there are sites that, okay. in fact, I'd say 80% of my contracts, when I review them, have a component in there saying you've got to bill Medicare or Medicaid at least twice and get rejected before you bill me. Hmm. Okay. Um, it gets complicated the bigger the institution. Correct. Yeah. So there is all this happening. Um, this page right here is golden. Page 32 of this <laughs> uh, HHS thing is golden. Yeah. Buried somewhere on the Ethernet. <laughs> Number seven, responding to detected off- offenses and developing corrective action initiatives. initiatives. Okay, like CAPA plans and stuff. Basically a CAPA plan, essentially. Yeah. So that's my point. They aren't discovering anything new. Mm-hmm. They're, they're saying the same things you're doing in FDA audits, mm-hmm. and so is the DOJ. But it's how do you bring it all together? What are the, what are the things the FDA and DOJ care about right yeah, now? Yeah. When I notice, like, at my side, a major DV, or not even major, just, like, a deviation. Yeah. Um, one that would affect patient safety. We do a CAPA plan without anyone asking us. Like, I, I, we'll do it in-house ourselves. And then when the, the monitors question- come, they're usually happy that we at least did that. Yeah. But the questions you start getting into is how much of it are things that affect a sponsor 
and how much of it are things that are internal to the site? And what do you have to produce? And again, one of the other reasons I get hired is because I have attorney-client privilege. So you don't disclose anything that's attorney-client privileged if you can help it. Um, but what do you mean? Like do you... So I'm trying to think of a situation I can talk about. Um, let's say I, I hire a auditor to go in. Mm-hmm. And um, I go in there and with the auditor, I give a report. And I say, mm-hmm. you have these fundamental problems in your SOPs. Um, what will happen at that point is if that's, if that's sort of not under, under attorney-client privilege, People can ask for it. FDA can ask for it. Um, OIG can ask for it. From you? No, from you. I'm not. I'm not allowed to give anything. I'm I legally see. bound from not giving that. Not legally. Um, ethically yeah, bound. Yeah. I have FDA to go to jail before I give us, it. FDA can ask us right now, like for your. SOP. Correct. Except you can say attorney-client privilege. I'm not. I can't give it out. I refuse to waive my my right. And the oh, FDA you don't have to that. give it to them. Correct. But then they're going to come back with attorney-client privilege. But again, coming back. Well, they might, but it depends on what you're dealing with, right? So Don't that's you recommend like deal with them nicely. One hundred percent. I always recommend dealing with them nicely. However, there's dealing with them nicely, and then there is uh, giving them more than they need. If they're asking a question about A, don't answer about B. No one asked you about B. So if they ask you, like an example would be if they ask you for your process of consent SOP, right? And you send them your entire SOP for everything, right? Exactly. Okay. That'd be an example. And now they go, oh, you've given me the entire SOP, uh, SOP list. I want to now look at these two things. And you're like, crap, I want to keep that confidential. Well, you <laughs> open the door. Yeah, don't do that, guys. Don't be silly. All right, can we go to that other screen? That was um, DOJ. People will rarely make it this deep into the internet. But um, <laughs> Darshan, this is what you're amazing, man. He curates the importance for us. Uh, from this entire 21 pages, you get those lessons learned thing. Where was that? It was down on this thing further. Um, oh, le- lessons here. Yeah, you were saying that you got to implement these things for, uh, like, from the perspective of the DOJ. Yeah, the, F- the DOJ has these three questions, but there it goes into all of these. This is from the Justice Manual. So the three questions they ask, the fundamental questions a prosecutor should ask. Is the corporation's compliance program well-designed? Is the program being applied earnestly and in good faith? In other words, is the program adequately resourced and empowered to function effectively? And the third one, does the corporation's compliance program work in practice? Okay. Patty, just so you know, this is actually from 2023. Patty's killing it right now. Let's. She wrote an article with these comments. Let's go. That is the definition of scientific misconduct. What should, what is not acceptable? Do you have an opinion about Brzezinski? Um, I haven't looked into the case, so I can't comment about it. Which is Brzezinski, the Obama's advisor? No, I don't or think so. I think I think it was an investigator, is my recollection, but uh, I could be wrong. The only one I know is Big Brzezinski. Have to be more holistic with an audit and know when to call in for help. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Sean would be the guy for that. Thank and you. Then, uh, yeah, no problem. You're the first guy I'm calling if uh, we ever get into some issues. But you were saying, and I want to get back to this, we should be calling you before. So I want to ask you like, just honest thoughts on this. 
Um, HCCA Healthcare Compliance Association provide excellent training. Yeah. Do you know about this? Oh yeah. Okay. And where is this doc? <laughs> is this, like the, said, this, this somewhere is, buried on the interwebs? <laughs> yeah, there's the URL right there, there. justice.gov slash criminal dash fraud. I mean, I guess they'll take you to close enough and then No, I, I just message there, Sean. He'll send you the Yeah, message. happy to send whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. I was gonna ask you. So you were saying sites. Okay, sites usually hire call you in when it's too late. Like, hey, you know, you'd rather you would would have rather fixed have it up front earlier, right? Okay, so in those cases where you have worked with those proactive sites that you were able to fix things before it got yeah, busy, what are some of the examples? Like, if you can, I can't name sites and stuff. No, you can't name sites, but like the things they were doing that were fixable. I, I mean, it's everything from training issues to consent issues to um, writ, uh, sort of written descriptions to uh, DOAs. To I mean, it's it's the whole gamut. I think different sites have different issues that they have to deal with. Have you noticed that monitors catch these things adequately or no? No. no. Monitors, no. My experience is monitors catch. They're either, how should I put Even this? Even the very good ones? I mean, I, I don't. To me, I'm agnostic to what they <laughs> okay. think is a good one, right? I don't yeah, really yeah, care yeah. if you think. I'm looking at 15 different studies, and I'm going, here are things I'm seeing. I don't care who the monitor is. I'm seeing yeah. this in, across four studies. Because I so, think most sites, I ask because most sites are like, well, we at least have the monitors looking this over. And they're if not. they find no issues with us, then I think we're good. Yeah, that's not. Obviously, that doesn't work because I've done this. I've done this at major, major hospitals, and I've done this at small sites and I see. Yeah, that's not so true. So the monitors miss these things all the regularly. time. Um, Interesting. This, this, I think you might want to show up again for a second. Okay. Yeah. Deputy so, Attorney General Lisa Omanako announces new safe harbor policy for voluntary self-disclosures made in connections with M&A. You're about to kill a bunch of deals, Darshan. <laughs> well, no. This is the this this is the good news. The good news is. <laughs> If you are buying a bunch of sites and you find problems and you self-disclose them, I see. Within a particular period, I think they said start off with about six months. We're willing to consider more. Mm -hmm. um, we will not see you, the buyer, in the, in the same way as we would have after those six months are over. So the point is, do your due diligence, find out the problems, which is why I'm telling sites fix those problems because now they have. The, the buyer has an incentive to find and report you. Got you. Okay. And if the buyer is like pissed off at you for other reasons, they're more likely to do this. Well, buyers um, otherwise taking on the liability. Why would I as a buyer take on the liability right, of right. everything you've screwed up? I think this would be for major like fraud, not for like just negligence, right? Um, I mean, yeah. It's not negligence typically, but negligence at a certain point becomes recklessness, right? But you right, keep ignoring. Right, right. I'm just talking like routine stuff, like a VOA missing, you know, certain things, like not making up patients. Right, <laughs> right. A DOA missing is is bad, but not terrible. Right. I mean, it's fixable. Right. Like right. fix it immediately. Obviously. 
Yeah. Um, but simple things like, um, you know what? I I missed the informed consent uh form. I can't find it. Well, find it, figure it out, talk to the patient, <laughs> get something else in place, like get it in place. Yeah. And that's a major. That's stuff. a major thing, but it's not fraud. Right. But yeah. you've done this for fifty different studies. Now we're we're in a different world altogether. Yeah. Good point. These people buying all these sites and putting them together, they're going to have to hire a workforce like no other. I mean, they're almost going to create their own layer of monitors. Yeah, and they should. And then so the CROs, I mean, they'll have their own CRAs, but those will be the best sites, the easiest sites to monitor (laughs) in the history of research. And I think that's that's the point I'm making, which is Mm -hmm. before you go in and try to sell your site, Know that this is all happening in the background. Yes. It's important to have this in the context. So what is this thing you pulled up here? So this is the DOJ's criminal, again, criminal division, pilot program, incentives and clawbacks. Uh, Let me see if I can pull up the portion I care about. So catchy title for this will be clinical research coordinators getting arrested. (laughs) We'll get a lot of these. Well, I'm not even going (laughs) to... You're better shot. title than I am. You love coming on my show, man. You love it. I do love it. Every <laughs> single time. We have a good time. Yeah, we do. We've been doing this way too long. We've been doing this for on, 15 years. Are you still on Twitter or X now? I am, but I don't use it as much. Do you? Yeah. Do you really? I should probably I don't do post it that much. That's the one where I'm like a lurker more. <laughs> but it's fun. I think you're right. I think I should be doing more. We'll get there. Well, yeah, we'll get there. Um, but again, here's... Here's what they want. Um, the, the program also directs division prosecutors to consider possible fine reductions. Which means that they will consider fining those people if they're supervisory authority. Seek to recoup compensation from culpable employees. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah. And others who both A, had bad. I love how legal documents are written. A, had supervisory authority over the employees or business areas engaged in the misconduct, and B, knew of or were willfully blind to the misconduct. You don't mess with the government, bottom line. Yeah. Um, Wow. So there's a lot of stuff happening. So it's a favorable market for buyers, then? It's um, it's also for sellers, right? If you fix these problems, you're you're better than most other places like they want for example all the stuff i was showing you so far they're all saying we want to have compliance in that MA transaction we want to know that these guys are serious yeah, and that's yeah. why i lined up representing all these companies um makes sense so you're getting you're busy man like these guys oh, with all these MA, you're you're getting like a good amount of these deals i'll work through some of these deals for sure um if, if our site were to hire you and say hey, we're not really in any issues right now but we yeah. do I'm a little worried. We have like a newer staff. You know, we're not even three years old as a company. Right. Um, I'm trying to remove myself more from the operation. So I'm not like necessarily doing QA. Yeah. Uh, what would you like? Where would you look at first at a site like mine? So a site like yours, I probably want to start off with, first of all, talking to you and going, you know what? Why don't you tell me the five, six things that you are concerned about? Because the truth is, what you're concerned about is probably the tip of the iceberg, mm-hmm. but it is the tip of the iceberg. So start with those considerations. Now, 
then th then I'm going to go overall. And again, this this is sort of I'm giving you the platinum plan, if you will, right? Yeah. There's a there's a gold silver version of this as well, <laughs> and the bronze. But, and <laughs> the, bronze the bronze is these well. videos you guys watch. <laughs> <laughs> so so the the platinum version of this plan um, is, is sort of doing. Here's where you should be. Here's where you are. Here's the gap. Now you've told me here are five things you're worried about. Are those five things? Um, a symptom of a larger problem or are they the problem itself? Mm -hmm. So if you're not doing informed consent, is that because someone just doesn't have the paperwork or you don't have PIs? That's a what different discussion. Terrible. Not doing informed consent, yeah. I'm not saying you're doing any of these. I'm sort of saying, no, how no, would you go about analyzing? Yeah. Right. I think most sites would say, and mine included, hey, you know what? Like, we're kind of relying on monitors to catch our deviations we're trying we're designing our source to make so, it like foolproof but you know I think so let, let's address that one right let's just pick yeah. that one yeah that means you don't have a quality program well we have one but it might have holes in it that we're not aware of no my point is a quality program would be one that actually catch a quality program has three components mm -hmm. one is sops one is training and one is audits right one of those elements doesn't exist you don't know if people are following your policies or your training. They could be doing everything right, but if it's not in compliance with their own policies, it's useless. So we got to get our QA people looking at those then. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just picking on one element. Right. Um, you're depending on someone else's quality people to do it. How do you know how good those people are? You don't. And the argument is, well, I had five different people look at it, but they were all looking for something that they care about. They they don't know how your site functions. Yeah. And and purposefully so. They shouldn't need to know what how your site functions. So if you're a site that's reached the level of profitability and, and stability, you should really look to QA as an important investment. Yeah. Um, for the next at, at, at least so that you can sleep at night. I've worked yeah. with sites who go, this is painful. But I know that it's helping me sleep at night a little bit better. Right. What's the painful part? Like the price or what? Well, it's, it's a combination of price, but it's also like you've got to change your policies. And now that you've got these people have to come in and tell you what, how to change things. Right. And you're like, we've always done this this way for like the last five years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why you're here today. Ah, the seriously is not going to like this too much. Exactly. Hey, exactly. we got to change up how we do things a little. Right. I see. Right. I think we catch most things, but. I'm sure you do. I'm always worried, you know, something's going to fall through. And um, we caught someone today with amylase. So could be um, pancreatic cancer. We screen failed them. Right. But that was because our PI and sub I knew to do that. Right. Right. Like a coordinator sometimes wouldn't know unless the yeah. clinician's involved. So stuff like that. that you Absolutely. Know. And maybe you have a policy that says, we do screen fail. We have two layers of screen fails. One layer of screen fails is sort of the, the early version and everyone who is not going to qualify doesn't meet inclusion exclusion criteria. They just screen fail at that moment. And maybe there's a second layer where the physician has to review things. And again, maybe that's, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying based on what you just said. It's one way to go about sense. it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. There's always room for improvement, no matter what, no matter who you are. Uh, Correct. Patty says, folks say the same thing about inspection. We passed one inspection. Exactly. 
So we are good all the way around. Maybe. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe. <laughs> this is interesting. I like. I always like bringing you on, man. I feel like I step my own game up too by being part of the bronze program and Darshan. <laughs> <laughs> is that a fair thing to say? Your podcast, the free stuff you give, is like your bronze layer. Um, I I think I tend to give bronze to silver. Um, I also I also throw in a couple of platinums every so often. To be fair, you gotta listen carefully though. But the platinums are in there. Yeah, they are. I try to do that. Hopefully, people get some value out of it. Uh, Uh, Thanks for the plug for Darshan Talks. But yeah, we all we all appreciate it. That's why we like you, man. That's why ever since 2010, when I met you on Twitter, (laughs) I knew you were someone. This guy, he's going places and. We got to stay close because this is the FDA. Your name was FDA Lawyers. I still have that handle. That's enough to convince me, man. I was like, yes, whatever he says, we'll do. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. People for for a while thought that I actually worked for the FDA. I was like, I do not work for the FDA. But it was good. It was good. Like, good. good Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But people like it, man. And then hopefully at the next SOS. I'm uh, hoping to be there. there. What conferences do you actually go to like this year? This have year, I have book? to go to one because I, I helped organize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the rest are actually in Philly, so I get to actually just drive up. Oh, okay. And if you're in the um, Philly area, if you want to connect, Arshan's LinkedIn is always wide open. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, let me throw that up there so people can find me. Um, the, the other thing oh, I we'll think... We'll have it underneath. We'll have Darshan's LinkedIn oh, there you go. and in the show notes of this podcast. But anyway, it's also here in case people want to go. What does this dude look like? Here he is. Well, that's his news feed, but there he is right there. That's me. See, he reads his mail, his messages. I always read my messages. Boom, we're live, man. That's pretty meta. I did meta not know right that's there. what it does. Did you know that? Yeah, that's pretty meta right there, man. Wow. Okay. That's proof. that's proof that we're doing actually doing this. So everybody's Darshan's LinkedIn is underneath. Go check it out. We really appreciate it, guys. Darshan. I know these fraud pod is a segment, man. We we gotta figure out. Thank you for reminding me. We gotta do these more often. Yeah, we we should probably do this on a on a routine basis. Uh, I'm I curious, would, would other people like to hear this on a routine basis, or is it better to do it every so often? This might be our second or our third fraud pod, no? I think it's like a third or fourth, honestly, but wow. I could be wrong. Do you have them all on a playlist somewhere? I need to start a playlist on mine. I should probably do a playlist. You should, should probably do a playlist. Yeah, I should yeah. do a playlist. Okay. Um, we'll yeah, we should do this more often, but um, yeah. I, I guess we'll find out if people are interested, if they reach out to you. Um, at this point, I think some of them may have tuned out already. So, uh, But it's okay. I think the fraud part, I, I get a lot out of it personally, so I know others will too. Me too. There's a lot of sites in my in my situation. I love talking to you just in general because I I think we get we get a chance to get the word out and we get to talk to people and hopefully help them make a bunch of money because they yeah. are not exposing themselves to liability. And what I like about you, not only do you give like actionable stuff like this pip for me was one big thing and that seven yeah layer things, but you you always like. Us at the site level, it's so easy to get caught up in who came in today and did you complete it and did we bill for it? Like the mundane day to day, you kind of come in and shake us, like wake us up, like, <laughs> hey, you know, 
this is serious stuff at the end of the day. Like, look, it goes all the way yeah. back to the DOJ. So be careful. And that's the thing. I think that's the important part, right? Uh, I, I think we want to contextualize. And the more you contextualize, the better it becomes for all of us. So Rod has a question. I got an answer for Rod. And okay, what's your answer first? My answer is Alessandro's. That's Delisandro's. Delisandro. My bad, my bad. Delisandro. I, I was... I feel like you just got that out of like I was gonna say that, but it's I've not been there. It's so good, man! It's so good. Geno's and Pat's, I would say neither. I'd go with Geno's actually. I like Geno's. Yeah. Okay. Um, Take it from but me. it might be more nostalgia for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I, yeah, I came as an immigrant and I went to Geno's. I've been to Pat's a couple of times. Just didn't do it for me. I like yeah. a lot of cheese. Any other one that we should know, like? Delisandro for me, that's my go-to whenever I'm at Philly. Yeah. The thing about Philly people, like I, I like um the Jim's and there, there are a few others. Uh Rod asking the important questions here. Yeah. Uh, but no, you know what the weird thing is? And I, I I'm a huge meat eater, but I've been taking uh Wigovi, uh, which is that weight loss oh. thing. Well, technically GLP? it's I use it for GLP. diabetes, but um it actually has like Weight Isn't loss that the GLP one, GLP. Yeah, it's a GLP one. It's a GLP one. Um, <laughs> um, and what's what's the thing I was saying? Um, we, uh, what I found is that my desire for meat has gone down so much because wow, of that. Yeah, yeah, which has been really great. Dan talks about working with Edie, and I love Edie. Edie was at SOS. She was on the oh, Edie did a great job on that e-source versus paper panel. Yeah, she took on the role. We're gonna have the audio soon. She took on the role of the attorney for Team Paper, and I, I mean, I think she won, but I don't even know how it ended. But she, I could tell during that panel. Like I even told my wife, you wouldn't want to mess with her. Like. She came prepared. Rod's going GLP one here for diabetes too. Exactly. We're doing a bunch of studies on these things here in Yuma. So you I wouldn't qualify full for disclosure. Of <laughs> full disclosure, I just bought in the last like, I don't know, 30, 40 days, um, both uh Novo and um um Lily's shares. So I should probably disclose that. So I do have those. Lily's um, actually they did really well today. Um, I also, today's news was, um, I bought, I bought NVIDIA yesterday as well. And that did really well today. Yeah. That's cool, um, man. Darshan's, Darshan's the guy you, you guys want to connect with. Thank you so much, Darshan. His LinkedIn is underneath this video and in the show notes. If you're listening, he's got a YouTube channel. I'll just, I'll link to his LinkedIn from there. You can find everything and we're going to do this fraud pod regularly, man. We are, and hopefully next time, I, I already have an idea for what we're going to talk about next time, Dan. Okay. And Any cliffhanger, or just leave it. Sure. Like How about this? Um, Dan's <laughs> going to love it. Dan Perez is going to love it. Oh, Dan Perez is going to love it. Okay. Yeah, and it connects to Federa. Oh, okay. Um, it's diversity. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for ruining that, Dan. <laughs> we gotta do it. We'll, yeah. we'll definitely do it. I'll pr- try to bring on maybe one of the gals from LICR Latinos in Research. Yeah. There you go. There you yeah. go. Okay. Done. Thank you, Darshan. Done. 
Awesome. Everybody, go follow him right now. Catch you guys later. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys.